the ladies cannot remember what they had for breakfast or who their family are or who's visiting, but yet they can remember growing up on the farm, you know, sort of like 70, 80 odd years ago and the dog and what they had, you know, what they used to do with it and, you know, going out in the fields and walking it and things. Hey there, welcome to Life Well Loved, the pet well-being podcast brought to you by Bella and Duke. My name's James Marriott, I'm your host, as we adventure into the world of pet ownership with you and your cats and dogs. We'll be sniffing out expert knowledge from people like behaviourists, nutritionists and veterinary professionals as we explore how to do right by our pets covering everything from pet-centred nutrition to how to help them navigate the world around them. So, let's meet today's guest. I'm not going to lie to you, I am super excited about today's episode because we're talking about an organisation and something, well, just, just dead wholesome. Therapy Dogs Nationwide is an absolutely just amazing, super charity. You might well be familiar with their work or maybe familiar with the concept volunteers who take their own dogs into establishments to provide things like comfort distraction stimulation all sorts of things really bella and duke partnering with therapy dogs nationwide in 2023 which i for one am over the moon about and i'm very pleased to be joined by liesel de la fontaine um, Liesl, thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, first of all, just well, tell us a bit about you. Okay, thank you for inviting me. Um, my name is Liesl and I live with my two pet dogs, first and foremost. I've got Crumble and Tassel and I am a visiting volunteer and a trustee for Therapy Dogs Nationwide. In my day job, I'm out as a, as a medical rep selling and visiting hospitals, but my fun time is, is always spent doing things with my dogs. For anyone that doesn't know, and, and I mean, uh, to be fair, Therapy Dogs Nationwide is a fairly self-explanatory. It's kind of like the, it's the, it's the Ron Seal um, approach to, um, to to a brand name. But for anyone that doesn't fully understand kind of what, what that means, what it is that you do, what, what Therapy Dogs, generally speaking, is all about, just, just kind of fill people in a little bit, if you would do, about the work that you do. Okay. So the Therapy Dogs, they're quite often confused with assistance dogs. So I'm just going to take a step back. Assistance dogs are the amazing dogs that you see like um, guide dogs for the blind or hearing dogs for deaf people or canine concern, that sort of thing, who are a dog that is dedicated to one person who are doing physical, mental tasks for that person. Therapy dogs are slightly different. That's whereby somebody will have their own pet and then they will go and share it with the local community and you mentioned uh, earlier so we've touched on sort of like sharing companionship confidence building um, memory um, provocation etc and so all of our therapy dog volunteers they will go with their own pet dog that's been temperament assessed we need to make sure that these dogs are bomb proof and they will go and visit their local community um, and they may go into a nursing home where people have had to give up their dogs while they've gone into residential care um, or they'll go to a school and listen to children read um, and there's a whole a whole host of establishments that we will go in and visit but at the end of the day we are all taking our own pet dogs and sharing them with the local community how did you get involved with therapy dogs that's a great question. I'm sure like most of your listeners, 
I have the best dog in the world. <laughs> Nobody is wrong. And I just wanted to share it, share, share it with them. So I originally had a dog called Muppet. She was very versatile. She was very loving. She was very tactile. She was a spaniel, so people just loved to touch her. And I thought, okay, how can I share, how can I share her with other people? Um, and I was approached by a friend while I was doing normal, normal dog training saying, you know, Muppet would be really great at this. So I went through the temperament assessment, made sure that, you know, she was bomb proof, that she was, you know, happy to be um, touched and, and, and interacted with. And then we started visiting. We started visiting to a, an old people's home, uh, which was fantastic, but they loved saving up biscuits for her for her business. <laughs> um, but it wasn't a biscuit. It was a jammy dodger. It was a custard cream. You name it, they were getting it. And we we tried um, sort of like saying, you know, can, can we wait till the end of the session or she's got a bit of a poorly tummy or something like that. Um, but they were just adamant that they wanted to feed Muppet. So in the end, we, we stepped aside. They got two Labradors in there who were perfectly happy to eat biscuits. And then we moved on to a slightly more controlled environment by visiting children in a hospital where there weren't quite so many biscuits. How does how does this make a difference? And why, why does this matter? You know, you kind of think about some of the examples that we sort of touched on there. And, and I, you know, I've, I've, I've seen there's an amazing um, photograph that, that regularly kind of pops up on my Twitter feed and elsewhere where there's there's almost like a row of dogs sat outside um, a, a number of, of doors. In, I think it's a children's hospital and they're waiting to to, to, to go in. And you, you, you kind of you just get you get that feeling just from seeing those kind of photos about how important this stuff is. Particularly, I, you know, I think for, for for children, for older people who are, who are going through different kind of situations. But 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 you you know kind of put a little bit of of of, of meat on those bones, if you would, about what difference this actually makes to people. Okay, so the, the the difference is very varied, but just taking a step back. So the concept of therapy dogs, it's not new. It's been around for sort of like 35, 40 years. And it was originally um, brought about by a lady by the na um, name of Leslie Scott Aldish, who took her dog into a residential home when one of her relatives actually went in and she, could, they, she had to give up her dog and she missed that, I suppose, social interaction with, with, another, uh, with another animal. And basically, because dogs are not judgmental they're empathetic they are reassuring they're tactile all of these sort of like nice calming natures the studies show that we actually re release um we release chemicals similar to when a, when a lady gives birth to a baby they release something called oxytocin and when we're stroking and interacting with a pet or a cat or an, any sort of animal we as humans we also release that so it's actually a calming um hormone that we that, that we emit and so it's actually so what calms us down, relieves stress, etc. On the flip side of that, we can actually use that in different situations. So, for example, some of our volunteers will take dogs into high dependency units uh, in a hospital. And again, studies have shown that people will spend more effort trying to interact with an animal than they will trying to interact with a toy or uh, another human so it may even be something as simple as a glance or even sort of like a, a small sort of like mus muscular spasm but they will try and interact with that with that dog so it's all part of rehabilitation we've got uh, volunteers who also go into residential homes where particularly a lot of dementia care whereby you know the ladies cannot remember what they had for breakfast or who their family are or who's visiting but yet they can remember growing up on the farm 
you know, sort of like 70, 80 odd years ago and the dog and what they had, you know, what they used to do with it and, you know, going out in the fields and walking it and things. And then the staff within that establishment can use those memories to then start to build a picture so that when the, the volunteer and the dog leave, they can try and continue those conversations and try and bring those people out of their out of their shells and, you know, sort of like to interact a bit more. And then going all the way to the other end, um, we are very proud to partner with the Kennel Club at Paws and Reed Scheme, whereby volunteers take their dogs into schools and children will read to the read, read to their dogs. Um, and this is great for literacy skills, for building confidence. It can quite often be used as a reward at the end of quite a you know a turbulent week. They can be rewarded by reading to the dog. They're great at listening to stories dogs don't tell secrets um so they again they can be they can be used to sort of like calm children down as well i'm, I'm kind of nodding away as you're um as you're talking there because of course you know we're all going through various different things at any moment in time aren't we i think the great thing about not just dogs all our pets is they don't judge to the pets don't pets don't pets don't judge us um the the warmth the familiarity that that, that comes from you know having that that time that you can spend with um with a, a dog is 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 just amazing what what sort of scale is the kind of organization on at the moment so unfortunately we had a bit of a setback during covid along with everybody else so a couple of years ago we were well on our way um to our thousandth volunteer we've been going since 2016 um and we were well on our way to our thousandth volunteer and we were hoping to reach that and then covid hit since then though we have bounced back and we are currently at 1500 volunteers um who are going out with their dogs visiting on a weekly basis some volunteers will go out and see one establishment. Um, many will go and do more than one. So that's sort of like thousands of people that we are interacting with every week. We've got a huge list of establishments wanting visiting, regular visiting dogs. And, and that's, that, that's where we're struggling. We cannot get enough volunteers. So we're always on the lookout asking, asking for more. You know, we've, we've got the capacity to grow, but we want to be able to fulfill these, you know, regular establishments and provide them with their own therapy dog so that they've got, you know, sort of like continual presence and familiarity, as you, as you say. So we're desperate for more volunteers. And, and, and what does that look like then in, t- in terms of becoming a volunteer? What's what's involved? So we've got volunteers all around the country from all different walks of life. Um, and we've got, more importantly, we've got all sorts of different dogs as well. So you don't need a pedigree dog to, to come and volunteer for us. We will, we will take on any dog, regardless of size, breed, background. But what they do need to do is obviously they need to pass this assessment. From the volunteering side of things, we ask that you commit regularly. Now, whether that looks like regularly every week or regularly every month, that's entirely up to you. But we just ask that it is regular because a lot of people look forward to our visits. So we don't want somebody saying, yes, we'll go in every week and then turn up one week out of four because it's not fair to those that we visit. This is depending on where they're going. Um, we will spend sort of like an hour, a couple of hours in our establishments. We're being asked more and more for, I suppose, corporate do I say corporate gigs? Is that the right word? A lot of like well-being days, staff, wellness, that sort of thing. So we're being asked to interact and go in with that as well. So that could be sort of like 20 minutes up to an hour. Universities we're going in. It's particularly around exam times, helping students. So again, that could be a couple of hours as well. But what, as I say, what we're looking for is somebody who can commit regularly, whatever that looks like, that they can go in and interact with, with the establishment. 
how how do we know if our dog is is well suited to being a therapy dog? You mentioned obviously about the assessment. For anyone that's listening, thinking, do you know what this this is? I described it as wholesome earlier, and, and I really do think that it is. And and I'd be surprised if there are people that don't think, you know, uh, as you said. We all have the best dog in the world, don't we? Um, and we kind of want to share that love a little bit. J- just tell me a little bit about what maybe the the key kind of traits are to to, to a, a dog that you know makes a, a good therapy dog. So we have a couple of stip- stipulations. The dog needs to be a minimum um, of nine months old. Everybody loves a cute puppy and everybody wants to interact with them. But we really need that dog to be able to sort of like grow, show its true colours, um, and just be comfortable in his own skin before it's starting to be put in different environments. We also ask that dogs have actually been with their existing owner for a minimum of six months. So we have got so many dogs that were rescue dogs um, and then people want to come and do something and share back into the community with those dogs. So we just ask that again, they've been with them for six months so that they've got that bond um, and that that relationship and, and that, that you know they're happy. Our assessment is fairly straightforward. It takes about 40, 45 minutes. Um, and we're looking, A, the relationship for, with the human and the, and the dog, but also that, as you say, that dog is happy and, and wants to interact with people. Now, unfortunately, I see a lot of people who do have the best dog in the world, and that dog is fantastic with the grandchildren in the garden at the weekend. However, you know, outside Sainsbury's or in a busy train station or something or other, it's really not happy and we're also our assessors are looking at body language looking at different interactions and not only does the dog need to be accepting but it needs to be happy and wanting to actually interact with these other people so that is really important just because as i say it's it's great you know sort of like in the park with with other people doesn't necessarily mean it wants to be in a hot hospital with different smells and noises and things like that so it is really important that we really do a, a thorough assessment on these animals if you know, if it's not successful, then that's fine. And we like to share that with the with the volunteer as to why we, we feel that that's not successful. And quite often when we're actually assessing people, they then realise themselves that actually, do you know what? Fido isn't maybe suited for what I, I thought. So it doesn't come as that much of a shock. But then once we have assessed and the dogs have passed um, and we've got the volunteer on board, then we will work with them to go and find a suitable establishment. So... Again, you know, some people, they may not want to take their dog into a nursing home, as I mentioned, because there's biscuits all over the place. That's fine. We will find you somewhere where you can go, where the environment's controlled a little bit more so that, you know, you're not hoovering up everything. So, and, and again, we have lots of play people who have visited somewhere. They've gone for a couple of months and said, actually, do you know what? This environment is a particularly for us. We want to do something else. So we will find a replacement dog for that establishment. And then we will find somewhere else for that volunteer. So just because you go somewhere doesn't mean to say that that's all you're ever going to get to do. We want, you know, we want you to be happy. We want you all both to enjoy where you're going. And that's really important. We touched on earlier on about um, the the partnership with Bella and Duke. Um, I said I'm over the moon about it. It seems a good fit as well because I know you guys are, are big fans of, uh, of feeding raw, which is uh, which obviously means it, it is a, a really good, uh, a really good match. How does that partnership uh, work for, for, for you guys? How important is, is, is this partnership for you? So we are really, really thrilled to be partnering with with Bella and Duke. At Therapy Dogs Nationwide, we are very much about giving our, our volunteers choice. So whether that be what you feed your dog, how you um, uh, approach healthcare with your dog, where you exercise, 
what uniform your dog wears when they're out on uh, on visits. It's all about choice. And we just felt that the ethos with Bella and Duke, they started in 2016 as well. They're very much coming about education um, and, and choice and diversity and maybe just exploring something a little bit different. So that's why we were really keen to do it. So with the Bella and Duke, you know, we are we are keen to offer choice, you know, sort of like, raw fed dogs or or um you know sort of like alternate alternative methods of feeding the same with sort of like vaccinations and proof of immunity that's really important as well um and so we can see some great things happening in the future amazing are there ways that people can help support what you're doing if maybe uh well maybe they don't have a, a, a dog uh maybe they've got a different kind of of pet or or maybe they, they they're just you know it's it's not something that they can particularly kind of commit in terms of their time to are there other ways that people can support your your work yeah absolutely so we have um vip supporters so those are people sort of adults who don't actually have um, a pet at the moment so a suitable suitable dog may i say so maybe they've got a puppy they're waiting for it to calm down um or um you know sort of like they maybe have lost a they've may have been a volunteer in the past and may have lost a, a dog and but they don't want to leave the organization so we have we have these vip supporters who are really key to the success of our organization because they will quite often go and um, speak publicly for us. Um, when we've got external events and things, they will help the the volunteers with the dogs um, and helps like manning stands and answering questions. And they've got a wealth of, of knowledge. But also we, we try to cultivate the next generation of volunteers and, and um, visiting dogs. So we have a cadet scheme for children between the ages of 7 and 17. They have to partner with an adult, so it's usually a family member. But again, they can get involved. They can do visits. We have many of our cadets are going in to do school assemblies and talking about their visits with the with their therapy dog and educate people on you know sort of like how to behave around dogs and the sort of things that we do, which is absolutely fantastic as well. And then, of course, we have regular donors who will give us money on a regular basis because we do not receive any government funding for the work that we do. It is all done through our volunteers fundraising, legacies in wills, and then generous donors on a, on a monthly basis. Brilliant. I didn't know about the cadet scheme. That sounds that sounds amazing. I'm I'm kind of good to I'm you know maybe just a few years out of the uh, the catchment age for uh, for, for that because. That sounds like a lot of fun. You you touched a little bit there about kind of like, you know, that next generation. What are your hopes and I guess that kind of, you know, that that dream for the for the future? So I guess our long-term goal is to be able to provide every establishment that asks with their own regular visiting dog. This will always be the the key ethos of our charity. Local community, local volunteers going in regularly and mixing with with those establishments and the residents, patients staff etc we have diversified slightly more into the staff wellness um, and support for universities etc but we will always try and and fulfill our regular establishments first and we just like to be able to do that and it's again it's, it's it's tricky because you're trying to match that volunteer and that dog to a particular establishment but we simply do not have enough volunteers at the moment final question from me if there's anyone listening that wants to find out more or get involved in some way or another or um you know is sat there with fido thinking do you know what he's going to be perfect for for this what's what's the best next step now for for someone that does want to find out more or get involved 
Okay, so our website has got a wealth of information on it and is very clearly signposted. So if you want to join us with your dog, there is a button at the top saying join us for for prospective volunteers. If you click on that, it will ask for a few bits of information. We will send you an information pack. We will also send you all the details about the the assessment. So we're not trying to catch anybody out. You know exactly what we're going to ask you to do beforehand and you will know throughout the assessment how you are progressing as well. For those of you who just want to support us, there's a donate button um, and there's also a, a request an establishment visit as well. Um, but it tells you all about the process, setting expectations, how long t- these things take, and then a wealth in, uh, of information. And it, it also introduces you to some of our amazing therapy dogs. Oh, amazing. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I hope it's come across that I'm a huge fan of, um, of, of, your, of your work and what you're doing and the difference that it's making to people's lives often in situations that are not much fun and um you know brilliant to be able to bring just a little bit of joy into um into someone's life so thank you for joining us thank you for sharing those stories with us um and the best of luck for the uh the future i hope this is the the start of um of a long and beautiful partnership so do we thank you very much for having us Well, that wraps up this episode of Life Well Loved. Thank you very much for listening. You can find out more about us at bellaandduke.com and don't forget to hit follow so you get all our new episodes every fortnight. Thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you again soon.